Uh, welcome back for another episode. Um, of the Russians? Of the Russians. I mean, if they're listening to it, they know what, they know they what know. they're getting into. So I, I figured I'd shorten the introduction. Uh, well, we, got, we, have another, um, we have another installment uh, for you this evening uh, of uh, what kind of an ongoing series we have, uh, which, you know, which we call uh, Immigrant Deprogramming, where we talk to various immigrants about their experiences in America and about how much they love it here and how much they love the free world and about how everything is going great for them um, and how, how well they fit in and, and all, these, all these great stories that we hear all the time from our fellow immigrants. Um, and uh, today we're talking to uh, someone uh, kind of like probably some, someone closer to, 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 my, to my own story, you know, a Soviet immigrant who came as a kid. His name is Andre. He lives in Los Angeles uh, and... Um, um, works in education. Uh, we're not gonna. We're tr- we're gonna try to keep him semi anonymous, you know, just because so he can be free to talk about his, his you know, uh, people he knows, his family, you know, all these things. So it doesn't come. So people don't go like I don't know, barging in through his door and, and uh, stringing him up on, on a lamppost. Um, so um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on, Andre. Yeah, thank you thank for having you. me. And yeah, I got this idea to reach out to you guys uh, with uh, Dennis Slavinsky's episode. Um, the focus on the uh, kind of Orthodox Church and yeah. Russian immigration was sort of it, it was something that I observed, but I didn't think that much about. And I'm glad that Andre uh, uh, decided to come on because, as I was just saying, you know, where we were setting up the setting up the pod- podcast here, uh, you know, one of the things that it kind of annoys me about the podcast scene is it's like the same ten, twenty people <laughs> uh, talking to each other all the time, and it's very rare do you get people brought in that aren't like media professionals or aren't not experts. influencers uh, right they're not who are not influencers we're not influencers basically it's like influencers talking to other influencers basically thinking about synergy all the time you know and uh yep. so it's nice to bring in regular people you know like just from that that, that aren't uh, they just yeah i don't know so we're doing yep. our small part um to bring the common people into, into <laughs> <laughs> anyway right on thanks for coming on today let's let's get let's get let's get going yeah <laughs> yeah, and well, well, let's actually so so but let's let's back up a little bit. So how how did uh-huh. you end up in in America, and, and uh, when did you come here, and you know what's that story? Mm-hmm. Well, I was born in the north, far north, um, <laughs> Arctic Circle. Basically, it was a, oh, wow. a city that was blocked off by maps. It was a, basically a submarine manufacturing place. So you know, it was kind of uh, hidden, I guess, in did, the Soviet did era. It start with an S. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's not that many of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like I mean, if there's like three or four to choose from, it's like yeah, that's not really going to be opsec. But I suppose there's like enough of them, it's, so whatever. It's all right. Well, um, we, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's vague enough. It's yeah. Vague enough. I, I, I'm I'm from a lot of places. Basically, um, my parents were young. They were rebelling for different reasons. Uh, kind of, you know, both from like either their own parents or from what they saw as the late Soviet, you know, kind of structure and everything. And so they were running around uh, all over Europe, kind of trying to start up new lives uh, while I was staying with uh, either grandparents in one or two cities. So my story is kind of like the north and the south. So, um, so your parents actually were in Europe while you, what, they, so they, before they immigrated, they were just – or they yeah, immigrated they without had, you? Uh, yeah, they had split up first. Uh, Mom wanted to, I think, uh, have me in Germany for a while. Dad was kind of all over Europe back and forth. Dad moved to the States first, and then at some point, Mom decided to 
uh, follow, but they never really got back together. And so I was uh, nine years old. And so in 93, I came over to the States. Interesting, because that, that's, that's kind of unusual, because how, how, so how are they so free to kind of move around? And kind of, you know, because it wasn't so easy to... Yeah, one of the, like, oh. famous features of Soviet Union is Iron Curtain, right? So yeah, like, you can't easy. really move around yeah, so yeah. easily and, like, go to Europe, and, you know, and just... Or you're, if you go, you're going for, you know, forever. Um, yeah. So what, well, what was that about? Well, it was also the late 80s, so I suppose things uh, were a little bit okay. softer at that point. Things were kind of... Um, Thawing. And the other thing is, yeah, well, I guess I'm like page three or four of my whatever notes of that kind of random memories. And yeah, dad spent a lot of time in like different prisons in Turkey, Austria, oh, uh, wow. basically being deported back and forth in Italy and stuff like that. So, Wait, so in um, prisons? For what? For what? What was he doing out there? Oh, um, well, one of the main things the side of our family, that side of the family in that southern city we're doing is import-export, essentially. The gray market kind of goods, jeans, basically, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, imported from the West. And and this is like – and this is in the late 80s. So this is when like the kind mm-hmm. of the uh, the perestroika allowed those things or this was before that? Like so, It was not quite allowed yet. Got and it, that it. was kind of an interesting thing. There's – um. This uh, Russian TV show, I mean, like late Soviet, called Dashus Nazity Starsha. Oh yeah, you like, send me a link. For it's really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's so condescending. Like I think there's kind of like this split there, or what uh, the Chinese Communist Party learned about Russia that they didn't follow suit, which is like the Russians were so stubborn. I mean, the uh, government, the party, about like rejecting all of this seemingly harmless stuff, like, I mean, jeans and a little bit of rock and roll, like really, uh, to criminalize it that far. And so I feel like that what in my perspective is harmless kind of gray market import stuff, just because it was criminalized so much, it pushed people further and further into uh, organized crime, essentially. Right. Yeah, so it had a nonviolent start and then, depending on how people pursued it for, you know, some they took it all the way. Others uh, just took it as an opportunity to make some money and leave and get out of it. But Mm -hmm. it it was basically, it was an unnecessary kind of a struggle, like a fight that the state, I guess, chose to fight that China didn't bother. They're just like, you know, wear whatever. And I guess Yugoslavia also was like much more open to that, to this kinds of, to mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so that's interesting. So your dad got into that, into that game. Is that yeah? Was but that... why would he be mm-hmm. imprisoned in the foreign jail, like not in? Yeah. Um, the first parts were I, were I think uh, Turkey, uh, just getting caught with uh, you know a car full of stuff like either uh, Russian things oh. to sell or a car full of Western things to bring back. You know, they were kind of two-way trips. So I know the least about the uh, Turkey trip, but yeah, but the one large trip that he had, and I think he was also on that uh, ship, that Estonia, you know, the one that sunk in the Baltics? Yeah, he, he wasn't there in the during the sinking or anything. It was, you know, part of its uh, one of the other voyages. But yeah, it just kind of, uh, you know, going into like a friendly uh, Iron Curtain country and then, you know, kind of hopping a little further and a little further. And I think that's how it went. And in many of the cases, just getting uh, detained at a border and, you know, having to spend a few nights, 
in jail, get deported, spend a few nights in the jail of the country, came from, stuff like that. Got it. So he yep. was just doing, like, basically, I got you, he was doing gray area, illegal, like, mm-hmm. kind of more petty style import ex- importing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Importing yeah. Western goods into the Soviet Union and trying to export like what like what kind of Soviet goods would would people in Turkey want or people in Europe want like like watches or or yeah kind of and, like and I'll share that uh, link again. I have a few links that I think are kind of like interesting that are connected to these stories. I can send them a different way. I'll just throw one in the chat. But yeah, like that show is really, um, I guess it's like it's disrespectful to these uh, people who are called for Sovchiki. So yeah, they were selling like, you know, little um, icons. You know yeah. how all our grandparents have like all these kind of either medals or like postcards from work of that they achieved this and that for the progress of the social kitsch, like Soviet kitsch stuff basically yeah 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 so they were so like so on the low level like in Moscow in this uh like condescending uh party documentary it's just little cheap stuff basically but yeah yeah but you know I watched I watched parts of it because you sent me a link and I, I know that show but what mm-hmm. what I was surprised is that how like kind of like intelligent and well-spoken all those like supposedly small yeah. time whatever they kind of for self she gets almost like crooks yeah. are in comparison to They're like all educated they e- exactly yeah, educated yeah. well-spoken i would say many like university <laughs> students yeah. today don't talk like that barely yeah. can like connect two sentences yes, together yes. <laughs> that's interesting, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where my theory here is is that the state rejected them as criminals but mm-hmm. the mob embraced them as, hey, uh, kind of modern, cosmopolitan, stylish guys. So there were these kind of connections being made between, you know, like the old school mob where, like, you know, your tattoos better mean something. You know, every one of those, the nothing is arbitrary. You know, that generation kind of connecting with this generation just because... Um, well, there's like a money opportunity there, and like the these youth, I don't, I don't feel like they set out to be gangsters or anything, but it just kind of happened that way. Like they were really just trying to be stylish. Um, yeah, my dad was a tailor originally in the '70s, and later on, my uh, his mother-in-law, my grandma, wanted to um, report him and you know have my mom like divorce him and so that he would go to jail for having a personal business of simply being a tailor you know so <laughs> basically what the story of my family is mom's side of the family are communists dad's side of the family are the word gangster is a harsh word but a little more adjacent to that so anyway those two sides of the family they always hated each other and to this day there's no relation between them they all yeah there's just nothing. You know, it's funny because mm-hmm. I have like my family is not at all, um, you know, like, I don't know. We're pretty uh, like on one side of family, you know, they're like communists, you know, very dedicated on my dad's side and my mom's side. They're like just like, I don't know, nice Jewish shtetl people. I don't know. Like they're not. But they're very law abiding. Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, they're like very law abiding. But then I still have like one cousin or like I don't even know what kind of what the, the actual relation is. But he's a cousin and he he was doing like currency stuff he was you know he was getting blue jeans from someone and selling them and so he did go to jail uh you know uh, for a while uh in in the 80s and um Mm -hmm. so i mean we even my family has you know characters like this because it was pretty common i guess you know because i mean people who just wanted to like didn't want to like really fit into 
I just wanted to live like a more of a yeah, like I like how you say it, like a stylish life uh, and a more of an exciting life, and not really fit in. And and I remember he even had these like he was in jail for, for I don't know for not that long, but he he tried to when we when we came to America and like so with it, and he was like I don't know uh, kind of still doing some kind of very very uh, very minor business stuff in 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 St. Petersburg, you know, he's out of jail already. It was like the Soviet Union collapsed. He kind of started writing his memoirs, you know, of his time in jail. And he and they're like, they're like handwritten on the sort of Soviet lined paper, you know, like this very and and then he tried to he sent like, you know, like I don't know, 10 pages or something of of, of his like life story uh to my mom, you know, and because this like um pulp fiction had just come out, right? Uh, uh-huh. Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction and he was convinced that like if we because we're in America now you know we're in California so we must be able to get like yeah, access time. to Quentin, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> this is his thinking um, and that he wanted us to like get these get these papers you know get get these 10 pages of his life story in front of Quentin Tarantino because like he thinks his like, life was even cooler or more badass than what you know than what Pulp Fiction was showing or what like the so he was he had some literary um, ambitions basically didn't he like <laughs> Reservoir Dogs or st- uh, yeah yeah or maybe it was Reservoir Dogs yeah. maybe I'm maybe, maybe it's with a sort of yeah that actually makes more sense because it would have been earlier yeah anyway and I yeah. have the, I have the I have the pages somewhere actually uh, but yeah so I mean the, these kinds of characters existed in, in in a lot of different families I guess you know um, mm-hmm. um, but like but it seems like your dad was a lot more committed to it um yeah, and although he was, I mean, I'm, I can pretty confidently say he was always nonviolent. Like his, you know, like to even call the stuff that he was doing crime seems kind of ridiculous because, like, they're so, like, yeah. just it's close, like, seriously, like, as victimless as it gets. But the, you know, just because of the nature the of the state pushing that stuff away. Yeah, it's, it's a victim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and of course, the two sides of the family would always blame each other on the collapse. You know, one side saying you're too, you know, stubborn and you never modernized and anything. And the other side is like, yeah, you sold everything out. You're parasites. (laughs) Wait a second. But did did you end up in America with both of your parents or just dead? uh, Both. So I would move around a lot. Yeah, like I would stay with, uh, yeah, like sometimes with my mom, sometimes with my dad a little bit. Dad usually on weekends. He's, uh, yeah, mom's a lot more reliable than a dad. Wait, so they moved to oh. America eventually together or separately? Separately. Yeah, separately. Basically, they chose a uh, city in the Midwest. Am I going to name it? Does it, does it No, matter? you don't need to. You don't anyway. have to name it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, and uh, just because my mom heard that, like, you know, dad went over there and he had some connections, then it's like, okay, you know, hook us up. Uh, so went to the same city. Interesting. So living in different places. But, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. See, there was, there was, it was a, a kind of, uh, they were reunited on some, on some level. The family yeah. was sort of reunited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had, uh, and you mentioned, like, you know, reservoir dogs and stuff. And yeah, there was definitely, like, certain things were picked up because uh, he thought about immigrating to Italy previously. And, like, he had, I think, this, like, kind of self vision of, um, he wasn't interested in being like any of these like old school kind of Russian gangsters. He had his own thing going on, like this stylish modern guy. And <laughs> yeah, I remember being like so impressed coming off of the plane in the airport in this Midwest city and seeing like, this is the guy I've been getting letters from for a few years, like in this, you know, trench coat and sunglasses, listening to like dub music in his Corolla. And I was just like, this is the coolest person on earth. And it's my dad. Wow. 
Wow, it's pretty like, cool. Just oh, being that's really super cool. impressed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he kept using phrases like uh, "pardon," which is just "pardon," I guess. But I suppose that was like some kind of a mob-ish phrase, and my mom kept calling it out, like, like you know, "Who do you pardon. think you are?" Like with this mob stuff, all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're just you know, like the cute tailor that I got with. Like, what's all this about? Yeah. But was there some like ground? Like, did he get it with Mob Peru somehow? All of, all of his friends were, but okay. like it's weird. Like he, he's just never part of that. I've never seen it, and I wouldn't believe it. Like I would think something would have slipped up by now with like all the stories I've heard. So it's like he likes being around those people. Um, and they like being around him because he has a lot of interesting stories and his life experience is pretty unusual. Mm -hmm. But he's never, you know, yeah, got active. I guess is what it's called. Hey, sorry, I'm like get so detailed. As you know, like this third wave of, of Russian immigration from late Soviet Union was predominantly Jewish. But I, mm -hmm. from what I understand, your family wasn't Jewish. Was it like a how? It wasn't that easy to immigrate. I know there were like different mm -hmm. ways, or like some company could hire you. I know people were like finding job that directly would fly them out but was it something job related how they pulled it off because it was not common from what i understand in those years oh yeah uh definitely difficult but can be done um i briefly had a jewish stepdad who uh i guess passed away when after we got here um i, I only like my mom was a uh, relationship with him i mean it was like two or three years probably something like that um and while my dad's immigration i think it was um what do you call it when somebody calls you from the other country uh-huh but, oh, but it's an invitation. you can you invite yeah you can the thing is you can purchase the invitation wow. so oh yeah. okay and, and like it was some kind of a american delegation or something like that and no of course yes that's interesting so there's like some The things that you can you can purchase. I mean that, that makes sense. I mean, does you know have you um have you read that? I mean, I'm probably you probably have come across it. It's this book by this pretty great. It's a great actually old um, American journalist. His name is uh, Bob Friedman or Robert Friedman. Uh, he, he used to work for the Village Voice when like the Village Voice was a great. Uh, I don't know. It was like an. Uh, It doesn't exist anymore, obviously, but like when there's actually newspaper local newspapers, all alt weeklies and alt newspapers were actually did journalism and hired and actually hired journalists and kept a stable of journalism. He did this pretty good book called Red Mafia. I think it's called like uh, how how the Russian mob has invaded America. And it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a over the top headline, but it's he but he kind of looks at some of the early Russian mobsters that came to New York. People like I mean I think the, one of the famous ones is like Tarzan. I think he was sort of famous for You know, for like trying to like mm -hmm. purchase a Soviet submarine <laughs> and like sell it to the oh, Colombians, yeah. sell it to the Colombians to so they could import cocaine to Miami. You know, um, but then there was just other smaller stuff like the all the various like gas, uh, all the gas stations that these Russian guys would kind of buy, and they would like what they would they what they do is they'd like sell gasoline, but they'd never pay the tax to the state. Uh, to the New York, mm -hmm. to New York, and so they'd like pocket that that difference, and so they made millions of dollars, and then you know, like, so there are all these like different schemes that he was, you know, talking, and just in general, how you know the, the, that whole the kind of the, the the infiltration of the Russian mob in in the late eighties and nineties, you know, was like, um, 
it just it's a pretty nice portrait, I think. You know, it's a, a little bit it's a little bit alarmist, I guess, but it's a, it's a nice portrait. I don't know if you ever come come across the book. I haven't come across the book, but it sounds interesting. And some of those things are uh, well more than familiar. Those gas stations, okay. So uh, that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, you know that? You know about that? That's that's that scheme. Yeah, uh, apparently, I, I I didn't know it was a thing, but. Uh, I'm just, you know, I've been a kid uh, watching that stuff, you know, connecting the dots slowly until now. So anyway, that's just a few more dots there. Okay. That's funny. Yeah, you yeah. should check it out. You'll probably, you'll, you'll, you'd like the book, I think, because it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it gets into the details of all their kind of, I don't know, of all their little mm-hmm. petty, petty schemes. Um, but yeah, all right. So then, so that's interesting. So you, it's a pretty unusual, I'd say that's a very unusual uh, childhood, you know, just because mm-hmm. you came in a very strange way, you weren't like the narrative. The narrative, I guess, is different, you know, because you know, for for a lot of people, a lot of the immigrants that I grew up in, uh, grew grew up with, you know, it's, it's the narrative is very different. <laughs> we were all we all kind of went in. We were saved, right? We were Jews who were saved from uh, Soviet anti-Semitism, and we almost kind of, kind of passively in a way, passively, right? And like, there were these sort of there were these rails that were set up for us, like right? A pipeline. Like, yeah, the pipeline. We you got to get on it, and then we sort of like we're kind of ferried, you know, through all the different steps of the process, and you know, not just even like bureaucratically, which is a huge important thing, uh, but like you know, even just like ideologically, and um, I don't know, like. Conceptually, you know, like we kind of had the narrative set up for us, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, but you, but you're a, yours is a totally different. It's like it sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like a totally chaotic uh, childhood. Just whereas you basically spent all this time with your grandparents and your while your parents are kind of doing their thing, and then suddenly you showed up in America to a kind of a, I mean, Midwest I guess also in it's the like Midwest, I guess, Americans, to, to, to I guess. Your, yeah, uh, to a dad who was, I guess, still kind of doing involved in a little bit of these kind of shady. Mm-hmm. Uh, activities. Yeah. Or at that point, he was actually just having a, a normal, regular job, and so this is kind of. Uh, so he was transitioning where, out of his. Yeah. Yeah, and where, like a lot of these, I think, unusual stories about uh, his friends, the immigrants, uh, I think, are interesting. Gotcha. So. To track back uh, real quick, I just wanted to mention again about the uh, family history. So I mentioned one side of the family tended to be communist. The other side of the family, it's just a funny contrast there because my dad's dad, my grandpa, had this tattoo on his chest. I don't know if you've seen the documentary Mark of Cain about uh, Russian mob tattoos. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. a I didn't see the documentary, documentary, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. But yeah, so it's uh, Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin on his chest. So you would think like, oh, okay, wow. so that's the you know communist side of the family. No, that's not the communist side of the family. That's a jailhouse tattoo that's done for the firing squad, essentially. You know, if it comes to that, they have, to, theory, they have to they have to they have to shoot they have to shoot yeah yeah they have to shoot Stalin and yeah gotcha yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's that side of the family that's like and it's like so, a basically like it's like they thought that it would protect them from from from, from the firing squad it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that patron yeah. So, so, they could get a bullet to the head. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't think about the head. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't see him with any like head tattoos. But anyway, like so that's a sharp contrast there. And so my dad had two brothers, and they stayed behind in Russia because uh, business was going well. So they were not interested in the states at all. Um, but my dad and his friends. Um, and I'm going to go through a couple of examples. Like they're sort of anecdotal stories because they're really colorful characters. Please, yeah, that'd be great. Um, they 
their path, I think, was kind of like a little bit upside down because essentially they were on top when they were living in Russia. Like, for example, like the pony shoes he was giving me, you know, like that I was wearing as a kid, those shoes cost more than like, you know, several months of like, you know, pensions or whatever of my grandparents. Like it was like unfathomable riches, basically. Like we were one of the like, well, probably the first family with a TV and VCR and okay, you know so, the remote so you control were, you inside were of a little bag. Rich, kind of like right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, like the very beginning of that. Yep. Okay. Like, okay. Oh, bastard, you had the VCR, fucker. I was yeah, very jealous yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, like. And this is kind of a thread, too. I'm going to jump around in time a bit just because to kind of uh, summarize this a little quicker. But basically, dad's out of the country. He's out somewhere. I'm with mom. I'm watching Batman on the VCR. I'm just sitting there. I'm like about seven years old, I'm guessing. Six, seven. Um, hear a knock on the door. Hear my mom open it. Hear screams. I hear, you know, kind of hits. Um, two or three, I don't remember at this point, dudes in ski masks are spraying her with a chidomuka, I think, like the gas canister thing, uh, like pepper spray. And my grandma was visiting uh, from my mom's side, like the toughest woman alive. I Not enough time to cover her. But anyway, she runs over there with a frying pan and beats the shit out of these guys and chases them out. So anyway, I'm watching Batman. I'm supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Batman, you know, like uh, if your parents are in trouble, you got to get tough right here. Anyway, yeah, my grandma was wow. Batman so, in that moment. So um, so people knew that you that your household had like the goods. And oh, yeah, so yeah. Basically trying to rob you. Yeah, so yeah. like – Dad was chatty and he had all these friends. And the thing is, even though his friends were his friends, the friends of the friends, at some point the story gets out and that's just trouble. Yeah. So anyway, after that, we were also some of the first people. You know how in Russia everybody has two or three doors? Yeah. Like it's like they're ready for zombie apocalypse. There are <laughs> memes around that. Like yeah. No zombie will get in there. The, the, the two layers to the two layers of doors. Yeah. You know, it's like doors. a bank yeah, so, vault. For people who don't yeah, yeah, know, so it looks that, like a bank. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like my grandparents to the, uh, again, northern side, uh, the one uh, grandpa worked in submarines all his life. Uh, and so, yeah, he made some good ass doors. Like, <laughs> oh, he made it personally. Oh, wow. He, he welded Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like welder and everything. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, incredible. So, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, that was one home invasion for, you know, a goddamn TV VCR and some VHS tapes. Like, really, just seems so pathetic in retrospect. And then I'm going to skip around in time forward now to the late 90s. Um, and I'll explain that later. But anyway, dad went back and forth because he was kind of realizing that having, you know, just kind of a straight, simple job in the U.S. wasn't all it was cracked up to be when you had all these riches, I guess, in the Soviet era. Like, what's all this stuff? You've got to be, like, working under the table, basically. Uh, like, well, depending what you're, how you're documented or not. Like, it was just... He wanted to party a little bit. So he was going back to <laughs> Russia. And at some point, uh, he had... All of his girlfriends were always closer to my age than his. That was always a bit weird. And apparently two of them tried to poison him and uh, either carry out or there was some kind of a promise of, again, like a TV, VCR, or DVD player combo. It's like so many attempts on like, you know, people's lives over God, just like, yeah, like fucked up. TV, yeah. VCRs. It's just and, kind of funny to think and about. just the poverty of, yeah, that people are willing to do that for, yeah, yeah for just this stuff mm -hmm. yeah, and how, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, back to the early <laughs> 90s now. So my dad and his uh, southern city, uh, kind of his crew group of friends at some point decided to immigrate to the States and 
they were getting rejected a lot. They were coming back to the Pasolstva, uh, um, trying different ways. And eventually, like over the course of like a year or two, like a group of them kind of like trickled in. They also met up some people they knew from uh, Leningrad um, who were also kind of in similar circles, sort of like, you know, artsy, uh, fashion, but just through the Soviet way, they were kind of put into this gray market sort of crime adjacent zone, I guess, even though they weren't like, you know, gangster gangsters. So they all meet up in this kind of a Midwestern city. Um, they also befriend certain other people who weren't in their groups who just, they thought were uh, interesting. And so like, these are kind of, I guess they're, uh, a collection of their stories. So I'm going to start with one. I'm going to call him uh, by his actual name, uh, Sergei. So, and I have some pictures of him. It was really interesting kind of seeing this. Um, so it's just a guy, Soviet guy, uh, who was, you know, kind of teenager playing in rock bands. So obviously rebellious in the 70s and 80s. The most rebellious thing you could possibly do is get the letters USA tattooed on your arm. Um, he got that tattoo. He also met some uh, American guy named John uh, who well later he kind of turned out to be like a collector of Nazi memorabilia. Uh, you know like the scene in the movie Brat too. Uh, like Certain people just like that stuff. But anyway, I guess John was also like this weirdo, this American that was coming to uh, Russia. They were hanging out in uh, this, like, I guess, like some kind of like elite late 80s Soviet store in Leningrad uh, called Beryoska. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, not just, it's not just uh, uh, Leningrad, Moscow, too. It's for people who have foreign currency. Uh, they bring it from abroad and they can spend it in Moscow or St. Petersburg or whatnot only in the store. Basically. Yeah, so it like, has weird. like elite goods, basically. Yeah, yeah. and you can yeah. only buy it with foreign currency. Yeah. yeah, well, I've never been, but okay, that makes sense. And so apparently the story goes is uh, John was a kleptomaniac, and so he uh, like took some expensive sausage and just like put it in his like trench coat or pants or something, even though he was like loaded, and he just did it for the thrill of it, I guess, to uh, steal from Berioska. So he was a wacky character. And apparently he was in a relationship or something with the daughter of this Yuri Senkevich guy who, I don't know, he's some kind of like a, like a Soviet Bill Nye or something that was apparently charismatic. I don't remember any of his uh, TV shows, but. So what were they up to? And so what were they up to? And like, how, how are they connected to your, mm -hmm. how do they connect yeah, to your so dad? Mm-hmm. I, I guess that was uh, Sergei's uh, path. I guess that was his like invitation, his wacky American friend. So he gotcha. ah, immigrated okay. to the States. He was just like this cool, intelligent guy. Uh, he was working as a hairdresser, even though he was balding. I don't know how that works. Um, I would always see him in like art galleries, bookstores. He just like really solid dude just i don't know like classy fun intelligent wait, wait, so what, um, what was what did he offer your dad like so what did your dad think that when he was coming to america like what was he gonna because he he seems like you know the the life that he was leading in you know in sort of in russia you know in this sort of nexus of import export connected me if i'm wrong is like it's a pretty it's a pretty cushy life i mean you're kind of you're kind of profiting off this gradient right um mm -hmm. and, um he, 
bringing in things that are you know, hard to find or very expensive in, in Russia. And, and, you know, basically it's like anyone who made any money is doing the export. I mean, if they're, unless they're like privatizing something, they still have to like export the stuff, you know, to make the foreign, mm-hmm. foreign, foreign money. So like the question is, what, what, why, why did he come to America? What's the, why not stay in Russia and enjoy sort of the life of a, of a, you know, of a businessman? Uh, yeah. The life of a noble rich. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah, I think with them, it was a lot of, uh, I mean, jeans, Rambo, Coca-Cola propaganda of, you know, like kind of 10 years that, I mean, in Sergei's case, he still had USA tattooed on his arm, you know, like this was the dream that he was following from his teenage years. So had to do it, had to give it a try. And just that tattoo on him is just like the most symbolic, like the other guys didn't have such a tattoo, but I think like their mentality was kind of the same. Like this was the promised land or whatever. We got to give this a try. This is the ultimate rebellion. This is everything we weren't allowed to have. This is the large and efficient car with square headlights. Like we want this. Uh, (laughs) So they went and so what, like, and so did any of them actually stay for for very long in in America? Because I imagine... They like a few, a few did a few assimilated, but for the most part, they were like, they were scoffing at like regular Russian culture in Russia. Like, I mean, like regular factory workers and everything, like they were a joke to them. Yeah. Like they were kind of elitist about that. And so in the States, uh, it was kind of the same thing that like, Oh, uh, white trash, fat Americans, they're pathetic. Basically. Yeah. Like they just had the same attitude elsewhere. Right. And but it, does it mean certain trad because just like the way I imagine it so because I also had certain like um, fantasies about America in a way that are based on it was much later obviously from me watching t- like TV in the 90s but like basically what you're shown is like in a way American upper class and an upper class life I'm like simplifying greatly mm-hmm. but even like Home mm-hmm. Alone a, a film yep. of my childhood yes. then I imagine your dad and his friends had like somewhat similar ideas about America and mm-hmm. so if they wanted to come here and they were like stylish and snobs like they without knowing it I guess they expected something like you know to join that class of people and it's super hard so they couldn't probably am i right like Mm -hmm. what's the disappointment yeah that's correct and by the way uh home alone like yes that's what i saw and i came here and you know i came here at night i was expecting just like home alone skyscrapers (laughs) yep uh the next morning i open up my window i look outside um wow (laughs) It's just flat. There's not a skyscraper to be seen anywhere. These are just like Midwestern suburban apartments. Like this is not what was promised. Um, so anyway, that was the nine-year-old's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, disappointment. And I think they had the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were still trying to, you know, like hang out in like the artsy districts or whatever, just to be kind of, just to see something but yeah it it wasn't working out uh and a lot of them were kind of getting disappointed and they wanted something else so in this example uh sergey he his visa or whatever he had ended but he had no interest in renewing it anyway he moved back to uh leningrad and he got a really nice uh like flat in the middle of leningrad yeah, we call it Leningrad by habit. By the way, I don't know. I just don't even like pronouncing Petersburg for some reason. It's, it's just fine. Weird. We will we'll, we'll accept you. We'll accept your. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what's called conservatism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Dude had a really nice place. We visited it once in '99. Um, like it was again. It was cool. It was styling. It was totally him. It, it fit him. Like he was just <laughs> making 
the life that he probably uh, was more suitable to him back in Russia. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean, I know people like yeah. that, like who left, you know, who like left and who were left as kids and came back, you know, yeah. more like as closer to adults and, you know, like who mm-hmm. realized that they were just losers. Yeah. Like living somewhere in like Texas, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. I mean, particularly one friend and like, meanwhile, his family owns like a flat on Nevsky, on Nevsky prospect and, you know, right in the center of the city. And like, you come back, you're like, you lived in America. You're like, cool. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you like, you, you kind of have this sheen to you. And if yep. you are, you know, kind of a, a, enough of a douchebag, you could sort of like cash in on it's that a bit. It's sad, though. It's sad, but it's but no. it's a better life than the life that they were leading in America. And no, so no, I, no. Sad yeah. not to come back, but to have that. Yeah. <laughs> you were no, like, exactly. Yeah. And then so, and of course, like, you know, for, so it's like, it's a, it's a pretty common story. Um, even, you know, I'd say probably for people who are of a younger generation even than your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I know but, people like that who are kind uh, of about my age, yeah. Yeah, there's the kind of twist with some of them. Um, and so they were coming back, but uh, Sergei, in his case, well, he mysteriously died uh, soon after that. He was always healthy, no drugs, no nothing. Um, and basically all of his friends assume he was poisoned for a scam to get his uh, apartment. because. Oh, wow. Like, right after he died, um, like, he had no family. His mother had passed away recently. And then just suddenly, like, everything is just, like, you know, uh, getting carried out of the place. Like, all these relatives suddenly show up who, like, his friends aren't even sure, like, who the hell are you people? And Wow. Yeah. So, it seems like it it was possibly that. And that was mostly happening, I think, to older people, to seniors. Who who, are, like, a lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get tricked into signing something and then get, you know, poisoned, strangled, whatever, and now somebody else owns their place. Like, that was that common thing. Yes, but common thing, yeah. all his friends, and I mean, all of his friends are kind of, you know, in sort of crime-adjacent circles, so they believe that that's what happened. And I suppose they're the experts, so. Wow. So in a way, someone like another criminal gang or something, in a mm-hmm. way, took over his apartment. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Brutal. Yeah, and, and again, like that, the trajectory, you know, like the teenager with the USA tattoo to finally make it, to be so disappointed to come back and just for that end is kind yeah. of tragic. Yeah, well, I'll say he was with his people because it's happened to so many mm-hmm. in a way. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's of the time of that time. Yeah, huh? that's an interesting story. So, I mean, these are like, so was he a close friend of your dad's or like just like a guy he... Oh, very close friend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my mom, too. It was weird that they kind of like uh, their circles of friends overlapped, even though they never really got back together. Interesting. But so what, what about your dad, like your immediate family? I guess it's more like per- pertinent to you. Uh-huh. Like, even though your dad wanted to party and found like America a bit dull, he like uh-huh. never wanted to fully come back there. Like, so, so he settled in oh, America. No, he actually did uh, move back to Russia. Yeah. Oh. oh, he did, yeah. Ah, okay, so he's yep. back in Russia now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Ah, okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. That makes more sense. I would, I would expect that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But so, wait a second. And then your mom remained in America, and you and you, clearly as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we moved around a lot. Like, I, I counted it up once, and yeah, so I went to 17 schools by the time I finished high school. So what the like, hell? 17? Yeah, my American... Yeah, my American experience is like, you know, white trash neighborhoods, mixed neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, like, you know, 
poor middle class six months i would say upper middle class that was cool six months um <laughs> like so a bit of everything yeah why did you move around so much uh i just i don't think my parents understood how like childhood works or something and so like so they were always like oh cool we can get a cheaper place on this side of town let's go and it's like i uh, sometimes uh, within one city i see what you mean not like all over the country well, two cities mm-hmm. yeah two cities but yeah like all over the place oh god yeah Weird. that's yeah. super hard yeah. i mean it's hard as it is with just being in one school which yeah. i think is well just very to, to be an immigrant is already hard but to keep yeah, moving and around being so an much immigrant and yeah. also move around yeah. is it was it how um it, it was interesting uh like especially like early on uh basically my dad he pretty much raised me on uh beavis and butthead Like, that was how I was learning English. Like, he was just obsessed with the show. He had it, like, all on tapes and everything. Because, like, that was the perspective of America that he wanted. He felt like, okay, so this is the hidden truth that sh- the rest of the world should know. Like, America is this. It's not Home Alone or John Rambo or whatever. It's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's pretty like, funny. He saw yeah, that as, true. like, more yeah. true. That, that is true. He's right. I, yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, and he popularized it over there. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was going to be popular in Russia no matter what, but, like, his town, like, he made, like, uh, yeah, all the mobster guys, like, just really into it. Like, yeah, Beavis and Butthead was super popular in the, for them. <laughs> but just because he, like, brought it back. He's like, this is it. This is the reality. But they like, showed it on TV Russia, mm-hmm. maybe later, because mm-hmm. I, I grew up, but maybe you guys saw it early. I guess it was maybe already yeah. mid, like, Yeah, like, maybe five-ish. He was bringing it back, yeah. Like, okay early seasons even right that's early i guess i i watched it in 97 but anyway yeah so they showed it with like trans i think dubbed uh on mm-hmm. um yeah oh yeah yeah the dub thing was we were always angry at that because like you're missing the point it's missing so much and yeah that's why vk is <laughs> worthless for piracy because everything's dubbed yeah. it's pretty hilarious actually <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious well because i remember as i was you know watching that stuff as a kid here too but like It's funny because I like didn't think you didn't think it was a hidden truth. <laughs> well, I was pretty young, first of all, so I don't know like if I could even understand. My parents didn't weren't watching it, for instance, you know, because uh, they were not like hip like that. They didn't have like an they didn't have an opinion on this stuff, yeah. But my brother and I, but like uh, you know, be with some butthead is pretty far away from what San Francisco is like. You know, it's like right. A, it's definitely San Francisco is like a, not even there aren't like that. There aren't that yeah. many white people in America. You know, like I mean in, in, San, uh, in San Francisco. Just it's a very immigrant city. It's a very Chinese city. It's very. It's like a you know. There's a lot of Russians that we're surrounded mm-hmm. by. And it's also so not it's, suburban. The it's way, not suburban. You know, the yeah, way the whole the whole setup of that of of the show it just didn't really make any sense. And I, I mean, I knew some suburban people like in San Jose, but even those suburbs were like very professional. Like I don't know, just they. I mean, they had that quality actually. But I even there, I didn't really go. I only went to visit like for a week or something to like San Jose and. Or, or to some other suburb around here and it was pretty grim but I, like I didn't really connect it to but it's pretty yeah, it's pretty interesting that he kind of got that because I guess it's the Midwest you, you kind of it, it, it maybe it made, it made more yeah. sense to you yeah and he was always a rebel so he had to wait a second so you have like a super interesting setup your parents were separ- separated yet they mm-hmm. were moving together I mean maybe not one apartment I imagine as a unit no. constantly with you and, move, and putting you in different schools how is that even Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I just counted them up and yeah, that's just kind of how it went. Like I, I, we would move like about every six months or so. For the most part, I stayed with my mom and then just visiting dad on like weekends or something, except like a f- 
like one point for about six months or so they were uh, attempting to live together. Didn't work out. But at that point, I was still um, uh, in English second language programs. And in, in this one um, apartment complex, like it, it was just a really interesting apartment complex because the kids were from everywhere. Like I had Venezuelan, Laotian friends. Um, I think the most interesting was uh, this, these black boys, um, like uh, Tehran. He had a really unusual spelling of Tehran and I've been trying to Google him and I've never been able to find him again in O'Keefe. They were like, they're parents they told me like they were uh basically panthers at some point and they wanted to move to russia and they were like what are you doing here like we wanted to move there and i was just like that is wow like you mean like black panthers that, yeah 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 wow. yeah it's like that, that that's too late for you know, like there's nothing left to move to over there yeah <laughs> unless no you want to like there. buy something or yeah, invest you can do import export <laughs> right yeah yeah like the whatever and i mean a lot of that like kind of you know soviet propaganda and criticism of the states was i mean right on but and so i suppose they heard like you know bits and pieces of that those families and thought like hey maybe you know russia and cuba like those are escape routes uh, wow that's well, the problem was that the like the propaganda about America, a lot of it was true, like the negative part. Yeah. But the the positive part about Commerce Union that it was beaming to the West was a lot of it untrue. So they were mm-hmm. they were not getting the right image, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, I'm curious now. I gotta ask you about all this like uh, kind of mundane questions. But what about what the hell were you thinking, or even like got to think when you um, kind of grew up a, a bit? Because from what I understand, your parents said they were disappointed, at least dad. Did you fully um, kind of embrace their vision of, of U.S.? Or what was your idea? Because you're not like a common kind of garden variety of the Russian immigrant of the 90s with a preset ideas well, of... I think I went with their vision because, like, for example, they discouraged me from having white trash friends, and they would call them that. Uh, like, And I just didn't really agree with that i had a a lot you know like i mean just straight up like just trailer park tv like big screen tv nascar figurines going to watch the movie twister in the back of a pickup truck i I like all my people like i had lots and lots of very different friends from very different you know backgrounds like every slice of i guess like american uh life but yeah my parents were pretty like snobby i guess yeah, we had neighbors, you know, two boys who, you know, were just straight up with mullets and everything. Like every every day they would get Pizza Hut and I thought they were like the luckiest <laughs> people on the planet. Like I just couldn't believe it. You know, the stuffed crust eating backwards oh, wow, stuff. Yeah. Like that was Wait, so there were, no Russians, there were no Russians around you there, or there were there were very few Russians around you? Um, there were some Russians, but okay, so this is kind of going into current events a bit. All of the Russian uh, friends that I had, they called themselves Russian. They spoke Russian they were all Ukrainian. Uh, um, and, you know, that's kind of like the current uh, tension or the talking point that Russians yeah. say that like, oh, you know, well, if they were Ukrainian this whole time, how come they didn't say it or whatever? Well, like, right now they got a pretty damn good reason to want a national identity after this shit. Yeah. Um, so you were basically yeah, Eastern, time, East, uh, yeah. Ukrainian is from, uh, like, from the East somewhere, right? From, from East like, Ukraine, from, probably, right? Like yeah, Odessa yeah. or Harkov well, actually, or but actually, even uh, Lvov, like one of my closest friends, was from Lvov, and they spoke Russian. Like they've yeah. never spoke. That's Ukrainian. like well, that's my 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 uh, my brother's wife. You know, my sister in law. Her family's from Lvov, and they're Jewish, mm-hmm. and they speak Russian. I mean, they they. Mm-hmm. They, they can understand. Ukrainian, they can understand guess, right? some Ukrainian, and mm-hmm. they can understand Ukrainian. And can you speak a little bit? But like, 
the, the they're yeah they're, they they see themselves as I guess you know like more like Russian Jews or something you know but from yeah. but that's but you know yeah you kind of re- I get you know it's funny like I I wonder if you you're kind of more similar to a friend of mine I have a friend Kirill yeah who was a very good friend of mine who I met in Berkeley uh, and he came also like his dad was a kind of a weird immigrant he came. Because to work in the movie industry, actually. I think through that invitation yeah, thing. Because he he helped like some American producers who came to Russia, or uh, to to set up like some some basically some set up helped to. to it's a kind of production company. Yeah, like set up a production company and filmed some scenes in Russia. They were doing something, and so they became friends. And so he got an invitation from this company to come and immigrate to to America already. In, you know, after the Soviet Union co- had collapsed, and so they moved to like you know Thousand Oaks. You know, like basically, it's like in the valley, um, you know, on the outskirts of Los Angeles. And he kind of, and so, so he also had this, you know, they weren't like fleeing. You know, he he had a different kind of identity. It was much more like a professional move. And his dad was a bit more of a, again, like this kind of, um, I don't know, like he, not an opportunist, but like a very active man who could, like, who would like seize seize opportunities, basically. Mm-hmm. And to, I would say he's a hustler, yeah. probably, right? like a hustler, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and he's a really nice guy, and you know, their their Russian identity was very strong. They're you know, like they weren't like forsaking Russia or the Russian identity, which is like a lot of the you know Soviet immigrants, uh, just the Jewish immigrants that I kind of grew up with. You know, they're kind of more negative about about their past because they're fleeing something, right? That's kind of the narrative. And 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 he grew up, you know. So and he also came when he was a little bit older than I was. So his Russian identity was st- stronger and was already more formed. But he grew up, uh, you know, in this American environment, like a suburban environment. And mm-hmm. you know, so it was. It's he's an interesting. He's interesting because on the one hand, he's more Russian than I am because he was already. You know, his his Russian identity was stronger not because not only because he came later, but also because his. Family Russian identity was much stronger, and they kind of fortified that. They you know watched Russian movies, spoken Russian, and kept abreast of sort of Russian culture, even if when they're here. But also, he was more he, so he's more Russian than I am, kind of right. And, and but also more American. more American because he came <laughs> with like into a place that didn't really have a you know big Russian community or big you know Soviet mm-hmm. immigrant community. So he had to like you know fit in with the suburban kids right away, right? And and so I wonder if that's kind of like what you had to do as well. Um, it sounds a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. only briefly, like uh, at the beginning in the Midwest in that city, like I had uh, like Russian speaking friends. Uh, after that, it was just kind of everything all over the place. At some yeah. point, I, I mean, my, like I had mostly Hispanic friends and like their parents would sometimes ask me things in Spanish because they just thought I was like a light-skinned pocho kid or something it's, like i'd be drawing lowriders and tagging and everything like you know like the totally like ridiculous like uh Sureño rappers in southern california that are actually like pakistani and armenian and stuff i guess i was like the russian version of that in high school that's funny we had some of that yeah. too in san francisco yeah. yeah a little bit yeah interesting but but again because of how like openly snobby your parents were and clearly like drawing the lines between your friends and who's good who's not like mm-hmm. overall did they then talk to did they somehow like make obvious to you what they thought about america like because I, I again i don't know clearly oh. your dad i guess sort of disappointed so he came back but what's the general kind of vibe you got because did they teach you to be critical of it or or yeah, that's your they own thing? definitely yeah. taught me to be uh 
critical of it. And my dad has just piles and piles of cassette tapes. He would always record everything. Like he was kind of like a mix of a cop watcher, you know, and in a sense, like, you know, there's some positive things there because he was making, you know, like observations of uh, police detaining people based on race. And he would always kind of, you know, record that to see, you know, what happens and comment over it. And, but but then the other flip side to that is he was also sort of like borderline bum fights almost. He was recording that as well. And I, I always felt like that was kind of cruel, but it's it's interesting footage. But well, who, what would he record? Um, like it, bum fights is like this. Yeah, homeless people basically. Like I felt like it's a little bit exploitative. But, no, I know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah. Just, he would film like the kind of the trashy part of like the mm-hmm. the the yeah. side of America basically, or like the mm-hmm. the, under, the underbelly, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah. yeah. He showed me like Gummo when I was like thirteen or fourteen or something. Oh, wow. You know, like he raised me on Tupac. Like uh, it was just wow. Um, so your dad. Wow, wait. So he's like a real cool dad. In short, <laughs> I had to discover Gamma. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's the thing. Like, I would always call him by his first name. Yeah. Like, my other friends, you know, they have dads who are, you know, working and getting, you know, like uh-huh. the two-story houses with garages or whatever. Right, right. My dad's the cool guy who uh, will get in his car with some friends. He's going to take us to a weird part of town, like under a bridge to a homeless encampment or like to this graveyard of like abandoned USPS trucks. Just oh, like wow. weird stuff like it was always like early urbex or whatever with him like he was just fun yeah so he's that's cool almost i'm more jealous of a friend than a dad. yeah <laughs> okay but they, wait then i surmise that you're actually like an interesting case of immigrant deprogramming series you didn't have to or you don't have to didn't have to rebel against your parents you didn't have to discover certain things no. were like untrue or later on on your own in a way it was like given to you on a plate i don't know it's, it's, I, I don't wonder if it's a better or worse well, even. So how, but why are you still here? <laughs> why aren't you living yeah. it up in Russia right What's now? What's going on? Doing import-export. Uh, I'm absolutely I'm, I'm terrified of it. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, seeing some of that stuff, like in the 90s when I was a teenager and I went back a couple of times, mm-hmm. like I thought it was just this playground because that, again, that Southern city, that side of the family, like my cousins ever since in uh, preschool, like there was some uh, large kid in Yasli preschool who was like bullying me or something. Mm -hmm. My cousins, twin boys who later became boxers, they were two years older than me. Anyway, I, I, I don't remember this, but apparently I told them like, hey, I got a problem here. And they came and they solved my problem. And this would kind of continue through my life. Like they were my bodyguards, basically. Oh, so wow. when I went to Russia as a teenager, like I was like just this, I'm like, wow, I'm like this invincible Don or something. Like I got bodyguards. I'm going <laughs> to like the market in the middle of the city, you know, with the dudes with barsetkas, like exchanging uh, dollars to rubles with mobsters. Uh, but like you know it's just it's fine because everybody like knew that family so it's like it's cool like there's just like no worry or whatever so at that point i was just like i I understood what my dad's friend saw of going back to russia because it's just like this fun playground where cops are a complete joke like you get pulled over and you're just like do you know who the fuck i am like here's 20 (laughs) bucks or something you know get the fuck out of here like you're pathetic like you know like that type of life obviously is like you know alluring or whatever it's like wow you're really on top of the world but then visiting uh other parts of russia with my other family you know uh who weren't like that then you get the other perspective you get the perspective of being a victim basically Mm -hmm. like we went to the world cup and 
a couple of Russian dudes, you know, huge meatheads with like, you know, necks the size of like my torso. Like I could hear them talking behind us like, hey, let's go press in these Mexicans right here. I was with my Mexican <laughs> family. I have more Mexicans in my family than Russians now. Wow. So anyway, awesome. like they were obviously going to fuck us up. And I was just like <laughs> having a panic attack, a stomachache. I was like, God damn it. Like, I'm so not used to this. Like in my city, like I'm on like nobody like if you had if you wanted to rob somebody in my city you had to ask my uncle for permission like here i'm in rostov i'm like i am not in control here i'm gonna i got nothing i'm a scrawny and like yeah so it, it's now i've seen more of that russia that i am like just terrified of and spend some time uh yeah if the power is on your side or you have access to the violent <laughs> yeah it's it's a playground Ooh, everything's yeah. fun yeah right right and if you're invincible kind of yeah right but if the if you're it's interesting i i see i see i totally see what you mean about two sides i kind of kind of know them both a little bit and uh there's an interesting feeling there for sure yeah. like whether you're yeah you can see the people who like act and feel invincible i think it truly corrupts their character it doesn't matter man or woman i think it makes you into almost like non-human throughout the years so i don't know so maybe (laughs) good choice yeah yeah well at this point i just get anxiety like even thinking about it uh like uh because things change and so the people who were like you know tough and solid and successful or whatever in the 90s that's not necessarily the same so i was at my dad's place a few years ago and one of his old friends comes and i kind of remember this guy and he was just like you know everyone over there is into like sambo and all these like I know, wrestling <laughs> punching whatever stuff yeah, uh, yeah. like uh-huh. some mma stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like that. That's their, you know, background. And so again, like, dude with a again a neck that looks like it's as thick as my entire torso, just huge guy, comes and I and my dad's cool with it. He's just you know visiting uh, the place, um, and I'm observing him and I'm like, okay, he's bugging out. He's shaky. He's obviously. You know, he's taken some stuff. He's had a tough life in the past, like you know, twenty years or whatever, and it's taken a toll. Uh, like so is. His behavior, like, okay, I noticed that he's carrying a gigantic duffel bag. On the side of the duffel bag are some handcuffs. I see, like, a huge knife sticking out of his, like, track pants. And he's rambling about Lisa Simpson. I guess some kind of a meme was going around about, like, Hillary Clinton being Lisa Simpson or something. And he's just saying, like, this incoherent shit. And I was just having, like, a panic attack. I was like, this guy is going to chop us up and going to put us in this duffel bag I know he's a family friend, but I don't believe it for a second. I'm out of here. I'm getting a hotel. I was like, I pretty much fleed. So, like, at this point, I do not feel that, like, yeah, the safety of the 90s or whatever over there. Everything is just, like, different. And different crews are operating in that city, mostly Chechens. So it's like whatever that was going on, yeah, it seems like that era is over and the city is taken over in a new era. Yeah. And it's like your your Krusha is no longer active, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. How you translate Krusha, yeah? Your roof, it's like or protection. Yeah. You're, protection. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah mm-hmm. Your um yeah, what's the what would be the American term for it? Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the protection, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, and you kind of have to start from scratch, yeah. and it will take yeah. a long time. Yeah, you you don't seem like the guy who has who has what it takes to to develop his own crew, you know, and take over. No, the city. Yeah, I, I just have my two cousins, and like, yeah, that's that's all are, I got. Are they still important? 
Oh yeah, uh, you know the word uh, Yeah, of course. You know when uh, basically my uncle trained them to be problem solvers. That whenever there's a oh. business problem, they come to solve it. Uh oh, that doesn't sound yeah. good. That's so interesting. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you want those guys over. <laughs> yeah, but your story is kind of like as if it's, it's part of it, Brigada. It sounds like also like Brigada. Did you watch Brigada? Yeah. A little bit. No, but some of the similar movies and stuff. I've heard of Brigada. Okay, oh, you gotta watch Brigada. Brigada is the best man. of them all. It's a actually TV series. Oh, you're gonna binge watch it better than many movies. If you start it, you're just gonna binge watch it. All right. Brigada is like it's a it's a binge it's a binge watch thing. You know, it's like all I remember right, when they were it was on DVDs, and I was just like just f- kept feeding the DVDs into the into the mm-hmm. DVD player. Yeah, because it actually kind of it traces the arc actually, which you're expla- ex- mm-hmm. ex- explaining here about like the young guys who are kind of like. Just you know, innocent, pretty much. You know, come from like some of them are you know come from these like academic families, and you know, just kind of guys who grew up together, basically, thrown together and become these criminal you know masterminds and form a mafia. But then they, as time goes on, they kind of get edged out by these other you know other crews and mm-hmm. other exactly types of the same arc. Yeah. yeah, other types of like ethnic kind of criminal gangs and all this you know from other kinds from other regions in the Soviet in the former Soviet Union and stuff. So it gets all it all falls apart, you know, or whatever, you know, and like the the yeah. the the like the the golden days of like the late 80s when you're like just controlling a, a, a market mm-hmm. you know and you're like the muscle of a market or something you know like <laughs> yeah. and like they're um, and then they're the, like the 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 good old days of the early 90s like they fall apart and everyone just you know turns on them on each other and all this stuff and yeah gets get shot to pieces and yeah. it's a real it's yeah, like yeah and- it's a real it's a real good um like cultural document i think yeah yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's i like, was it's just like, showing my american friends uh brother brat mm-hmm. uh so yeah. I, I guess yeah like along those lines i want to show that yeah, yeah, yeah brigada is great brigada is more of an updated version I'd, I'd say i don't know it's just it's interesting yeah. okay no updated more updated than brat well i don't know because it goes further different. it goes yeah. further it goes I further think it's too more and it's also like local, you know. I don't know. It doesn't go like to America and tries to do this whole like anti-American right. thing. Yeah, that's true. Which Brad Dwada does. Um, yeah, but anyway, I guess it's like ultimately you're not bummed out that your family didn't remain in Russia, right? Because it's sort of yeah. Pro- I fit in here uh, pretty comfortably. I'm I'm not ready for that stuff over there. Uh, yeah, like I have other. <laughs> You know, cousins who have kind of regular jobs, and I think maybe IT or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I suppose, but those are additional struggles. And at a time like right now, is yeah, I'm over here trying to Google translate Norwegian immigration laws because none of them want to be fighting in Ukraine and have any interest in that. So yeah. yes, of course. No, well, now it's yeah. different. It's the war, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. But even prior to that, yeah, extra difficulties. And, too, and, so. and have you lived in California for a long time? Uh, since 98 or so. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. For quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, but also in Chicago, five years. I'm always... Oh, damn it. There's a city again. Anyway, I'm all over the place. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah. You, you seem like you seem pretty shady moving around so much, man. Like, what are you running it's away right. from? Yeah. I can't trace you down. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. Wait. Before I forget, I have to ask you. So if your dad is clearly in Russia, how does he look at the war? I imagine a negative. Oh, yeah, how thank you. For, yeah, it. I wanted to mention that. I almost forgot. Yeah, so in the summer, he lives in this uh, abandoned kolhoz that has no heating, no electricity, no, no, a little bit of electricity, but like no bathroom, nothing, uh, no insulation. And anyway, and next to it is just like this large rock. I have this picture of it. And on it, he wrote Putin Bor, uh, means Putin is a thief. And so it's like this huge rock 
where you know just it just says Putin is a thief, and the local villagers actually just kind of like nonchalantly like use it as a uh, like a landmark. Like they just like oh yeah, next to the Putin thief rock. Like you know, take a right there to get to the other village. <laughs> like I really worry about him because he is like that. Like he's a wacky dude. Like he you know lives in kind of a you know late Soviet semi high rise. So sometimes when he's bored with uh, my other relatives' kids. He takes out like plastic bags and uses them like kites out of off of his balcony, but also writes Putin vote on those. And it's like those are things are like bouncing around in front of other people's windows. And it's like oh, I don't know how long you can keep this up, dude. That's pretty um, funny. He, I know, uh, he yeah. ties it to a string yeah. and like lets them out. Yeah, like, like yeah, and that's the thing. He's always been a rebel. Like in the states, he would never have like you know like an American flag or something like that because he would see that as kind of like a not. The word chut didn't exist back then, but, you know, sort of like that. He was like, that's that's not him. He's not patriotic American or whatever. He would it's, only it's be cringe, doing like kind of Russian cringe, stuff yeah. to rub it in people's faces. But back in Russia right now, like last I spoke to him, he has an American flag like behind them, you know, over Skype. <laughs> See, because he's a reactionary. Good. I like that. Yeah. You know what? I, I, get, I get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like you go to the top, like always be against. That is yes. his thing. Generally, yeah. 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 Generally, yeah. It's Wait, better than a lot of it, In Russia, when he came back, he went to his city, so he's not in Leningrad or anything oh. like that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's back in yeah his hometown where yeah things are simple and familiar and oh wow. Yeah. So he went right, really back to the roots. I that he's not like That's central or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. He's so yeah. He's a weirdo because yeah he didn't go back for like you know some kind of a big money schemes or whatever right. he says that he hasn't bought anything new in like 20 years uh he's just kind of exists uh bohemian lifestyle or is that is that what it's called no no, no i get it. i guess it's bohemian yeah i mean yeah. it's you're you're you know you're like your family's it's lot, co- like closer that. to that no gangsters yeah. but definitely bohemians. just like don't really need anything it's easy to live on yeah cheaply. not into like yeah. uh basically i'm not sick with consumerism i would say it's actually yeah. more normal it's just weird that you need to explain like we need to explain yeah, yeah. it as something or call it something you're just what, not consumer let me ask you this what is he what do you think he thinks of you and like what you what your your life is like do you think he's happy that he like brought you out to america and you have like, or like a proper would you, line he, would order. he rather that you have stayed back in Russia? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he, does, well, does he, yeah. he's he's happy? Like he's happy to get like any news that I'm you know like doing fine and employed or whatever. Got some <laughs> health problems, but whatever. He's like you know happy and supportive because yeah, he didn't do shit really to make it happen. I mean, I don't know if I'll link him this episode or not, but that's fine. I mean, he knows what's up. Like I, I never got any like. Uh, you know, child support payments or anything like that from him. He just like left at some point, <laughs> but I still like him just because he's cool and fun. But you know, as a dad, he didn't do the greatest job. Basically, yeah. uh, like on my 18th birthday, I got a, a phone call from like some Russian dude in a casino uh, who says that my dad is nearby, and he basically told him that like, hey, if anything ever happens, uh, once like if you get locked up, he basically told me to. Uh, you know like roll with the other car or whatever in california and hook up with like the armenians or something and that they would protect me or some shit like that like like i'm not even a tagger at that point i am just a computer boy like this is not the advice or the 18th birthday present i'm looking for but they're thinking i'm kind of going in their lane or whatever gotcha. and so yeah like they give me a phone call like yeah we'll take care of you if you get locked up i'm like so this is a guy that's getting you're getting, you're getting this call from someone in america someone in la 
uh, some guy that's hanging out with my dad in a casino in Russia. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but he has but he has connections to LA, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's and he's like reassuring me. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. You, got, you, you got connections. If you if you're if you're in a, if you find yourself in a tight spot, yeah. um, yeah, you got this, you got these connections. Twenty years ago, so I really doubt those connections exist, and I'm not planning to get locked yeah, up anyway. I don't, know, I, don't, yeah, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know how big the Armenian mafia is. You know, the, uh, what they call them, AP, Ar- Armenian Pride, yeah. uh, is in LA these days. But I'm sure there is some active, somewhat. I just remember back in when I was younger. You know, the the whole AP, um, like mm-hmm. the the warfare between the Armenian gangs that came over here and like the Mexican gangs. It was like you know, it was like yeah. big news here in here in, in uh, here in California. Yeah, and the two guys that were in Syria. Uh, what's his name? I just had his uh, Instagram uh, recently. Oh yeah, uh, Creeper. <laughs> I don't know. Off so topic, who, but I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna link it. The guy who was like, uh, you know, the two Armenian cholos in Syria. No, one I don't know. Died. I don't know one about them. Them still on Instagram. I just linked it in the chat. That's pretty funny. Are, who are they fighting for? Um. In Syria. I guess I guess if for Assad. Don't remember was... exactly. Yeah, I think they were on the yeah, like Assad side. Yeah, they had this hilarious video like ten years ago or whatever, like about the enemigos homie and like yeah, it's like, bro, you're Armenian, you're in Syria. What is happening? Like that is such a, ooh, that is a mess to explain yeah. to someone like what the hell is going on there. Well, yeah, they're I mean, yeah, Cause, cause like yeah, they're like totally cholo, you know, like head to toe, like just yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they're like they've gone native yeah. basically in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, I, it looks like you fit in in LA because uh, if you speak Spanish, I assume, and yeah. you're tight with, oh. you're now linked with <laughs> Mexicans. Oh, that's um, yeah. So it's funny. You know, well, all right. You know, I, it's not. You know, it's funny. The, the this interview is not quite what I expected because no. I didn't really quite expect like um, basically like some kind of anti-American. You know, in our midst here, uh, um, anti, anti-American that. from birth or from from the beginning almost. Yeah. Like or from the beginning from your American experience. You know, like having a having having. You almost then too aware. You like had such a broad range of experiences. I don't even. I think it's very rare. Yeah, but I oh I guess one question Yasha did ask you if you feel like just because of your experiences with like immediately being kind of uh, thrown into mostly Americans or other immigrants, not necessarily Russians. So you you kind of quickly cut up to speed and you sort of became American and you know so you didn't um, you were not in just immigrant Russian community. But do you feel more or less like at home with just? non-russians right you don't need that <laughs> you basically don't need like let's say to be partnered up with a oh, russian yeah you do you know what i'm saying because there's some people clearly mm-hmm. just kind of almost c- can not not do that like yeah. they're sort of yeah yeah that's I part of their really don't care who or what because yeah i've had right yeah like close friends who were a bit of everything yeah immigrants from other countries and again like laotians philippines like just everything um I, I here I never like here I never felt like fully American. I mean, something's kind of odd, but in Russia I definitely didn't feel like a Russian either. So yeah, I don't know what I am. But what about your Russian? When you're in Russia, do they immediately spot you have like some accent? Can they tell? Um, I it, it depends. Uh, some I think notice that my vocabulary is that of like a nine year old plus a few words thrown on top. So they know like something's off, 
Um, because you never really spent much time um, yeah. back there, right? Like, uh, like a very long period of time after you left as a kid, right? You just would come to visit for mm-hmm. short periods. Yeah, for like, yeah, like a month at a time or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I still speak fluently, but yeah, like uh, my you know vocabulary never really developed much past third grade. So oh, hey, wow. I feel you, man. No, but like reading helps. It's not yeah. only, but, but yeah, I, uh, I got it. So they can sort of tell. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know the the whole thing about you know uh, who are you and you know like the the, the sort of the the schizophrenic immigrant brain, you know, it's like or immigrant identity is is. Uh, I mean, I feel you. I think it's funny that like I don't think I don't know. It's like it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting feeling of like feeling not quite at home, you know, here where you live, and then and then feeling not quite. At home, back at home, you well, know, not, or, or not at home, or at suppose, all. <laughs> yeah. So you don't really ever have a home. It's always like, yeah, it's a strange feeling. I don't know. Like, do you like? Do you dwell on that uh, ever? Like, yeah, uh, I'm kind of a lot in terms of like in my dreams. Like, the only place that's been consistent, my home, and the idea is this um, village. Um, we had a village home okay like kind of a long history i'm going to try to summarize it as quickly as i can so great great grandpa had a mill in one village uh like a bread mill or something river yemtsa uh this is world war one era uh you know fighting was breaking out um the Whoa, this is not working as far as uh, summarizing this quickly. I'm kind of getting into the dream already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's very Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sorry, I just pulled a, I just pulled a Sibiriana on you, like just uh, yeah, just a water flowing, I hear the wind going rustling in the leaves. And psh, That's good. Psh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. Village home. That's the place that feels so like. You see the village. You see this Except village. That you're, the, this ancestral village of yours. Yeah. Well, it's like it goes back to like the 1800s or something oh, when they wow. built it originally. And so like the guy who, you know, uh, lived in it, uh, great, great grandpa. So he ended up on um, on this, on Mudug, uh, which was the, originally it was the Kanslaget, I guess, built by the British. But then the White Army oh, was using the, it. The, 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 the sort of the, the, oh, wow. And like if, in... Um... God, like I'm, I'm like I'm sort of bad now, but it's like yeah, the British, the the British. Oh, yeah, there's two. Yeah, this isn't Salafki. This is closer to Archangel, uh, ah, the city, okay. uh, like one of those. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was there. You know, like the morning of his execution, somebody told him like, "Hey, uh, you got a log over here. You know, jump and go swim that shit." So he did with three guys, escaped, uh, running from you know town to town or whatever. Made it further back down uh, south to our original village apparently they then disassembled the house log by log threw that in the river let the logs float downstream and then reassembled the house um in another uh village so to me like that is my that's home, rambo shit. Just... Wow, that's so okay crazy. listen i think you have way more chances that yasha's uncle or uncle whatever once removed <laughs> to have this made into some movie yeah <laughs> so, oh, right, so you're right so you're not. so this so this relative of yours this is really yeah. He was he was going to be executed by the British? Oh uh, no, um by the white Russians. Oh by the white Russians. With that were with the Brits. Yeah. Got you. Yes. Yeah, but, but they got the 
the concentration camp, and I mean, this is on BBC, uh, like that article. Yeah, Britain's concentration camp yes, in Ireland, yeah, yeah. in Russia. It's like the Death forgotten, Island, it's blah, blah, like blah. the forgotten intervention of the of the Allies, yeah. basically. Yeah, in in the in the, in in the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Northern Expeditionary Forces. Yes. like I, I see it in their diaries that like the River Yemtsa is on fire, uh, Silso is on fire. They're raiding our food. I'm like, bro, that's my great grandmother's food. Like, you know. I, Hey, I used out. to sleep in hands. her bedroom with her. Like, get the fuck out of here! Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so you're dreaming right. about this? So this is what this is your like comfort place? This is your like safety place? Well, yeah, because I, I wasn't there for the struggles of it or whatever. I was just there for like this really peaceful Russian village. Uh, you would go there like summertime, my, something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was just like you know paradise, basically. Like you know, wow. go outside, make yourself a salad right from the ground of the stuff that's just growing there. Like, yeah. Man, well, that's that's pretty interesting because yeah. that even makes it even more um, that even makes it even more weird. I think the the immigration bid because yeah. you know the one thing about like I don't know someone like me is like I have no like we have like almost no connection. You know, like I mean, the, the, we have like what one generation. You know, my mom is the only generation that was like you know born in. But in it's Leningrad. kind of part of the Jewish experience. Yeah, it's like too, so we right? were like we've been mm-hmm. like sort of like chased out of you know we've been we've been uprooted yeah. now for. You know, so it'd be like my, you know, three generations uprooted. And so we yeah, have... Yeah, but in general, even those who are not uprooted, I come from the Jews that were like in Moscow for a long mm-hmm. time. But even that, you know, there's this like Jew cosmopolitan thing that like and then relatives somewhere like in Argentina. I don't know, basically just like a different thing because you're like a Jew. So you're already other in Russia, even yeah. during Tsar's time. So... um and you kind of can fit in in different places and there are a bunch of Jews in New York yeah, and mean, in America. So it's it definitely feels so, so different. But with Russian stuff, one thing I can say, like Russians have this connection to land, especially if they go back to what you're describing as in having from 1800s, like houses that they built with <laughs> logs. I mean, this stuff is amazing, but it's also like only certain type of Russian can have it. Like, and you have but not it. Even, but I think a minority of Russians can have it because people were moved around and so in like... Right, my, right. Cause because I mean, like, I mean, look, we, my family had like connections to the land too for hundreds of years in in Ukraine. It's, but it's not like that's that's you know that's long gone. You know, and so it's yeah. yeah but this is kind of rare, though. So Very I rare. Think what it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Is rare. So it's kind of interesting that you think of that place as like your your your. It's tied to your dreamscape. It's yeah. Funny. Well, unfortunately, it was sold to a drunk fisherman for $5,000 like two years ago. Should, and that hurts me him. because I wanted to tell my grandma, like, oh, I will no. pay that 5K. Just like, just let it rot away. But I maybe I'll come back there and, and at she some sold point. It. Why did she sell to... it? Uh, well, that, all the houses, they really start to rot away if nobody lives in them. Okay, it's yeah, something it about, sense. I think, humidity. And they start sinking into the ground. And I suppose that's kind of like we just didn't want that to happen. Got it's it. just like yeah. this really proud house on the top of a hill overlooking a village. Like it's very symbolic, I guess, to the family. Oh, man. That's, oh, I'm no. sorry about that. That sucks. Yeah. We need to poison him. <laughs> Let's <laughs> take him out. Or maybe he's taking care of it. And, yeah, he's yeah, probably, he's maybe probably drinking himself to death. Poor oh bastard. man, that's like that's the way to live. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, did you watch uh, Mirror Tarkovsky's Mirror Zerkla? I, I think that's one of his that I did not watch. Oh, you'd enjoy it. It's like all about his childhood, mm-hmm. but it's not Far East. It's like. Uh, a village near Moscow and there's a specific mm-hmm. clearly childhood house he remembered and they built it whatever for the movie but that from what I know it was exactly how it was somewhere near Ivanova yeah and there's this 
I think you would like the kind of the visual because it's about all the nostalgia for the for yeah, this being a child. Definitely gonna check out that mm-hmm. movie. There's another Tarkovsky one that I apparently missed. Uh, was recommended to me recently. But yeah, my before my grandpa passed away, he started. He was never that much of a reader, I guess, but he really got into these stories by uh, Fyodor Abramov. I guess he was making like kind of short stories about our rural village Russian life in like the twenties or something. And my grandpa really connected that. He was just like in tears, like this is exactly what it was like. So um I got Fyodor a few Abramov. copies. I definitely wanna uh uh-huh. read those. I've never heard or read, so here it goes. Like I, I'm I'm not I'm ignorant of that type of literature. Yeah, no. But yeah, I would be interested to check it out too. Well, hey, no, I think this is great. I mean, we're... we're, we're I think we all kind of talked out. I don't know, unless you do have anything you want to add. Um, <laughs> too many things, but I guess it's like, a, I don't know, maybe like a request. I'm curious uh-huh. if you can get to the bottom of, I've always been uh, kind of, I guess, sympathetic to Nestor Magno's politics in Ukraine. And I just, that's my idealized vision of the region. You know, neither the West nor the East, but... Ukraine belongs to Ukraine or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, there was always those uh, rumors and accusations of uh, anti-Semitic programs and stuff. And I'd love to read and learn more about that because, you know, it's kind of like a whenever you idolize anyone and you learn more about them, you kind of get disappointed of, whoops, they weren't perfect. Yeah, well, yeah, well that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest, I actually don't know much about, I mean, I know very superficially about, you know, um, the kind of the sort of the you know the Ukrainian anarchism, um, peasant anarchism stuff, and uh, I'm my you know I'm kind of working my way through that his that part of the, my family history. I mean, it's sort of mm-hmm. it's tangential. It's, it touches upon my, my 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 Ukrainian family history, but I'll I, I uh, I've been kind of yeah I've been making my way slowly through it. But yeah, but it's it is interesting, you know, because it is like does he doesn't get much. It doesn't get much recognition, I guess. You know, it's sort of like the the whites mm-hmm. and the, the reds and. Uh, yep. And uh, he's sort of in between the, those two forces, and yeah, and, yeah. And I've been reading your posts on, like, yeah, your family history, and it's just interesting because I just wonder, like, are the people that I'm kind of, you know, politically idolizing, like, did they have, you know, negative impact on, yeah, like Jews living in Ukraine? I I can't know for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be as surprised, or I wouldn't even judge judge them because of it. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's <laughs> like, you know, uh, I mean, you and you, when you have a complete collapse of so, social sort of uh, structure like that. Um, I mean, there were pogroms, you know, that carried out by kind of, you know, soldiers associated with sort of the Reds too. I mean, it's uh, there's like documented ver- uh, examples of that that are, I think, pretty credible. And so, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, anti-Semitism is a pretty deep thing and uh, Jews of, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't even see it as like the main, I don't know, I don't know. Like I don't know, it's just it's a uh, in, in, inter-ethnic and inter-religious and inter-sort of um, cultural conflict in that in that place, and mm. is the, is just like is the least surprising thing that I you know it's like I just expect that to happen, so it, I don't even I don't even judge people based on that anymore. I don't know, but yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you know you know if uh, what, what what I find. Sorry, man, I'm I'm, I'm slightly turning off, but hey, look, uh, let me just let me just uh, let me just uh, uh-huh. do a proper goodbye. Jenny is making fun of me because I'm just going blah 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 stuttering 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 <laughs> Sorry, blah, blah, blah blah blah. Anyway, eyes are half closed. I'm just like my eyes. Are <laughs> I'm like rolling back. Anyway, all right. Thanks for thanks for uh, talking to us. It was pretty interesting. I I almost feel like it's some future date. We got to have you on to do some other stuff about this because it's like 
feel like we're just uh, touching the, getting just the surface, the surface read here. You know, yeah, it's like the introduction. Sure. Well, yeah, and thank you for this. It was really fun opportunity to just collect a bunch of anecdotes. Well, I mean, we did sort of go over three out of ten pages that I put together. Uh, <laughs> okay, you gotta so, go what back. You gotta do, man. You gotta try to write yeah. that stuff up. They they actually sound like they could be made into short stories or something because they, right. they sound like great little vignettes of life. Of a you know of a kind of a of a, of a Soviet farsovshik, <laughs> you know. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely thinking about it. So anyway, and thank you for uh, doing this show because yeah, that's uh, yeah. Then uh, a story like yeah, it kind of got me thinking like wow, oh, this is uh, this isn't stuff that I ever really put together again like chronologically like oh this is cool. Yeah, I mean, look, we are we are legion. We are legion. There are many, um, uh, 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 many of us, we, and we are we want to give voice to the people, you know, uh, of like that are like like us. So, and who have been kind of like had no voice and yeah. were kind of silenced. Mm-hmm. We, we, yeah, yes. I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thanks, okay. man. Have a good night, and thanks for talking to us. <laughs> <laughs>